This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Former top Obama advisor teaches activists who call themselves the Truth Brigade how to conduct information warfare and shows us exactly how the propaganda talking points are spread. You're watching the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I'm Brad Binkley. Joining me is the host of the Mad Ones podcast, Cam Harless. Cam, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. You look so handsome. So Thank you. I, I took the, the camera clear. technique that you recommended, Camo, and I used that app, and it's it's much better than any webcam I've ever used. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I, I am mad at you, though. Why? Because I, I haven't had a chance to listen yet, but I read the description of your episode from yesterday, and you talked about woke SNL, and you, I wasn't there. We can talk about that a little bit in that's, the XR if you want. I don't even know what's going on. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you about it. It was a very brief mention that I made. So I'll, I'll tell you about that in the XR because I do want to see what you had to say about that. What I want to talk about today is going to be going to be clip heavy show today because last night I discovered this indivisible activist training. Indivisible is this activist group that is one of the largest in the nation. They came to be after the 2016 election. They were promoted by MSNBC, by the president, Obama, former President Obama, Biden, everybody. So they have a, a lot of influence, and they boast about having activists in every district in the country. And I go through a lot of their trainings. I, I used to go to a lot of their online stuff, and they had one pop up yesterday that was just perfect. It, it was about the title of it is Indivisible Truth Brigade Election Disinformation Fighting. The fighting it, and then the kickoff call they were having with all their activists there. And it was interesting to me for a couple of reasons. One, the subject. Two, the timing. Three, because at the very beginning of it, their host says that the journalists who are in attendance, they need to know they can't report on any of this. So I don't know if they intended to leave this one online because a lot of their activist trainings are unlisted. This one showed up in a specific search I did, so that intrigued me, and then it intrigued me who their guest was. Their main guest, who was teaching people how to fight in this information war, which is what they were calling it, was this guy named Dan Pfeiffer, who was Obama's former communications leader. He's a guy who he was in charge of the communication, communications director, I believe is the name, and also he was later Obama's chief advisor. So he was in the White House with Obama for, I think, six, maybe eight years, maybe the entire time. And he's basically, for 40 to 60-year-old white progressive women, he's their Elvis, this guy is. 
He's in the he's the host of Pod Save America. So they go do these live shows and they have these wild screaming 40 to 60 year old progressive liberals who are are at the show and he is literally telling them to conduct information warfare and exactly how to do it and some of the advice he's giving. And so I thought that would be interesting to go through today. We won't get through all of it. There will be a part two to this, but I want to go ahead and dive into this. I'm going to give you some clips before we get to his advice, the former Obama guy, of the host of the Truth Brigade to kind of lay out what it is they're about and what they do. And here is a a little introduction to the Truth Brigade. I know you'll be excited to hear it. Just a little bit about the host host of this call, which is the Indivisible Truth Brigade. So we are a nation-leading, 5,000-member-plus grassroots team of dedicated disinformation fighters. That's people just like you. They're volunteers out there fighting disinformation and training other people to fight disinformation. So what we do is we fight disinformation with strategic messaging that we ask all of you to share, and also with education, which is a really important and big part of our program. Our commitments are to best practices and to expert advice. And what that means is that we speak every day with people who are studying this, they're in this world every day, they're on this call to talk with you um, because we wanna know in the minute what's happening. And anything that we suggest here in this call is based on best practices, it's based on research, ongoing research that we do pretty much all the time so that not only do we know what's happening out there in disinformation, but we also know what have people learned about the most effective ways to fight it. Uh, The Truth Brigade is very intentionally open and transparent. Everything we do is um, available to you. We have a Slack channel that we'd love to see you on where we answer questions every day. We have twice monthly webinars and we have weekly emails. Our messages have been seen almost half a billion times. And that's just on Twitter. Isn't that the, and that's because of all the individuals here. Okay, so that, that was the main thing I want to give you a little overview of that and then that comment at the end about their messages being viewed over half a billion times on Twitter. So you've seen, I know you have, the retweets of the screenshots of all the exact same ver- verbatim messages across a bunch of different accounts. It basically yeah. looks like bots. From, I've talked a little bit about how this works, how it could be bots sometimes, but what it most likely is, is these groups of activists who are given direct scripted talking points to then copy and paste and repeat. And what they're talking about in this training is they're telling us exactly how this works. So it's, it's abundantly clear where those those tweets that we see that are just copied and, and pasted, it's where they come from because they come from here. There are... I think thousands were watching live stream. The actual video itself didn't have many views. I don't even know if it was listed, honestly. I think it might be unlisted. It had very few views. But this is how they indoctrinate these people. They get them into these activist trainings. They bring in a celebrity in their mind, who is this Dan guy we're going to see in a moment. And they get him to just tell them exactly what to say. And they elaborate further on that in some more of these clips. But first, I wanted you to see, especially one of these guys, I wanted you to get a look at him. I wanted to get your thoughts on him. They do a little round table introduction of all their trainers or activist trainers, and I cut just a little brief clip of a couple of them that I thought you might have some commentary on. So here are a couple of the, the trainers Hello. we're going to be hearing. Let me turn that down a bit. Are your eyes okay? I know your contacts were dry my, or something. My, my left eye is having, is having a, an issue. I hear you, man. The, so, so I may uh, take yeah. off my video and fix that, but respond audibly. Okay. 
All right. All right. Here is the introduction of the trainers. Everybody, uh, I think several of you have probably seen me before, but my name is Cameron McCaughanick, and I am the <laughs> senior regional organizer with the Indivisible Project for the states of Missouri, Iowa, and Illinois. So to emphasize, Cam, I pulled this clip because he shares your name, at least part of your name, Cameron. And I think in an alternative universe... Perhaps there's a, uh, I don't know, this is, this is like, this is bizarro Cam I'm looking at here, kind of. I don't know if you would agree, Cam, but I feel like this guy, if you're looking at this image on screen, it's bizarro Cam. <laughs> I can't hear you. I still can't hear you. Yeah, I think it's because you're not up in the stream. I think you have to be up in the stream for me to be able to hear you. So you have to turn your camera off and then pull it. So Cam has some issues going on with his eye, which I can totally understand. Uh, anybody who's worn contacts has probably experienced the same. That should there be good now. Okay. No, what I'm saying is you said he shares part of my name. No, that's my whole name. Cameron. I figured it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, yeah, this is. So as a Cam or a Cameron throughout my life, it's like, you know, you if your name is Brad or if your name is is Chad or if your name yeah. is uh, whatever, uh, Justin, whatever, you're you're going to find someone with your name in a movie in a TV show and it will be a, at least most of the time, at least a somewhat masculine individual, right? Yeah, this is not an, a masculine individual. Is that what you're <laughs> What I'm saying is anytime <laughs> there's a cam or a Cameron in a TV show, it's either a gay man or a woman. And oh, it's just a continuation of this. I, I did not know that. Well, yeah, that's Pay definitely, that. I swear. And what's, what's kind of crazy is he's got the beard. He's got the, the, the mustache. <laughs> You don't we wear glasses. Do. You have the contacts in. But this guy, I'll let it continue. I think you'll get a kick out of the next introduction, too. I'm also a part of our rural team as well as the Truth Brigade team. I'm super excited to be here and to, <laughs> to be with all of you tonight. And uh, I actually don't know who I'm supposed to pass it off to next. So I'm going to pop it over to you, AJ, because you're next on my screen. Amazing. I was next in line after you, so you, you nailed Perfect. it. Uh, oh, hi, everyone. Wait, wait, wait. My name is EJ Hedrick. My pronouns trans? are they, them. Is that who? Is that a trans? Well, you're about to hear the introduction here. Of okay. His, so, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure. We do get what is here. I'll let you hear this here. Pull that back a little bit. Amazing. I was next in line after you, so you, you nailed Perfect. it. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is AJ Hedrick. My pronouns are they, them. Uh, I am calling in from my home in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I am a senior associate on Indivisible's political team, and I do a lot of work supporting our electoral programs. And I am passing it to Tim. Excellent. Hey, everybody. Uh, Tim. So we have the they, them, and now we have it. They're passing on to this guy who doesn't seem there, to be a they, them. There is not a drop of testosterone in this video call. I know. And, and that's one of my points is these are the indivisible leaders. These are the local leaders, actually. And what you will hear from this guy, Dan, that's why I wanted to premise it, kind of set, set up what we hear from the Obama guy with this group, because he speaks to how they get people like this roped in and indoctrinated into this system of thinking. I mean, I, this really opened my eyes with this training. This is, in my opinion, one of the most revealing of these indivisible trainings that I've ever, ever brought to a show, because he speaks openly, this Dan guy, about how to rope in people like this and get them to go along and just repeat their messages. It's fascinating that they don't seem to recognize that he's talking about how he manipulated them here in a few minutes. You'll hear. But what I want you to see, for those who are, who are just listening, 
Cam, you notice a, a sticker in the background on this guy's board? He's got this guy has a board or something behind him. Everybody has their stuff they put behind them on screen, and he's got a board of a bunch of progressive stickers, indivisible, a bunch of other stuff. It and there's Captain one in America. particular. Do what? I see a Captain America sticker? Does he I have? The, oh, I didn't see that one. What I what I saw was a Stacey Abrams one. That's the one that stuck oh, out wait. to me. The blue oh, one there. Oh yeah. That's a Stacey Abrams sticker right there. I see that all over Decatur. And yeah, so the, these, it's very clear where the radical activist stuff that we see on television that gets a lot of the attention, it comes from groups like this. This one is one of the main ones, but that's where a lot of this stuff originates. This isn't the majority of the population, but you do see how kind of radical these people are. And you heard her say earlier, the half a billion people that they reach, maybe she is exaggerating. But we see those retweets of the exact same messages, which they talk about here in a, here in a bit. Chambers, I run Dewey Digital, a digital arm of Dewey Square Group, a firm in D.C., uh, we are, along with GQR and Kelsey and Karina, we are uh, strategic advisors here. Uh, but I'm also run Indivisible MoCo, a group of Indivisible group in Maryland. So super excited to be here on both counts. Okay. Here's their agenda. Hey, what we're going to be doing. So the first hour is all about information. Um, it's what I've just been talking about. Hello, patriots. Hoping you're saying hello in the chat still. Everybody's a patriot. Um, and then we're going to hear from Kelsey and AJ, who are going to talk with you about where we expect to see the most damaging and harmful lies in the upcoming elections. And that is both in terms of issues and in terms of um, locations. And then, of course, we're going to have our keynote, Dan Pfeiffer. Can't wait to hear from him about his book and his philosophy about how to fight disinformation. And then in the second hour, we're going to be focusing on action. We're going to be telling you very specifically about Truth Brigade strategies. We're going to practice. We're going to play some games together so that we learn how to fight dis find disinformation, spot it, and then how to write um, messages that actually aren't too difficult to write, but that really make a big difference. Then we'll take a little break. Um, and then we're going to go into the plan that we have from now through the elections, which is very specific. And then Karina is going to take us through um, the actual messages that we're going to be uh, writing. And then we're going to say <laughs> goodnight. They're going to be taken through the actual messages. They're going to, you see how all thought is taken away? All, all critical analysis just removed from this group of activists who have bought into whatever this organization is. Are these people children? They seem to be because, like children. I don't know if you you heard it. They're going to play a game. Right. I, absolutely. Yeah. A game to understand what disinformation is. That's how they do this stuff. They, they gamify it, if you would. Uh, it used to be a yep. big term a, a few years back. But, man, this is how these trainings work. They try and simplify this thing. And I, I, as I said, I've been to a ton of these virtual trainings. And I've read through all of their resource, not all of them, but a lot of their resource documents and their guides and stuff like that. And I've done the phone calls where you call your senator and you repeat their messaging. And I, I was doing it as a joke. I just repeated it. I repeated the script they gave me verbatim, regardless of what was said, because it, it, it just didn't make any sense. And they give, they try to make it as simple as possible for these people to feel like they are engaged in this fight. And they remove all obstacles to action. For the calling your congressman and senator, they give you a script and they actually 
take away the obstacle of having to dial the actual number where you live. All you have to do is click what your location is so your computer recognizes it, and then a button comes up on screen. And then you just push that button, and it connects you directly to whoever your congressperson is in your district. And then it gives uh, uh, like a teleprompter comes up on screen, and you just follow the teleprompter. I, I mean, they're treating these people like idiotic, dead, I mean, they're brain, brain dead slaves is basically how they're treating these people. And I don't know that a lot of them realize it. Well, honestly, they're treating them um, fairly <laughs> because these, yeah. are, these, these, these are not people that I would want in my corner. Like, I, seriously, though, it's, it's wild. Was there a, in this webcast thing, was there a single man that sounded like one? The only one that sounded like a man was the the guest Dan, Dan. and he's he's a very much a. I think the reason he was selected for the role he has been in because shortly after Trump was elected, Pod Save America emerged, which was funded very well funded, millions of dollars. Even though they act like a grassroots thing, they're not. You don't start a podcast instantly have the top podcast on Apple or wherever and, and not be funded. And I looked up some of the funding. They have a lot of organizations, nonprofits funding them. Obama's whole communications team is what Pod Save America is. And he kind of fits the prototype for a progressive male in America. And so he's not like a manly guy, but he's definitely more manly than what we've seen thus far. All right, here's the next one. Let's see, what is this one? Clip four, I think. Dan yeah. Pfeiffer. Yeah, Dan Pfeiffer is his name. And we're going to get to him in a minute. I just want to make sure I lay out kind of clearly what they're doing to these people. Because the people we're hearing from, these are the leaders. These are the ones that all of the people there are looking up to. And they're following their messages. Wow. And I just want to make sure that what we know, what the Truth Brigade is, before we hear him talk about it. Which is, honestly, I don't know how people aren't insulted who are in this group by some of the stuff that he said. All right, here's a... Oh, wait, it's wrong, wrong button there. Here we go. We have some underlying goals for tonight um, that I Sorry, want to share with you well. before we jump into the meat of our call. I want to be very transparent that what we're trying to do here is we want to inspire you. We don't want to just educate you, but we want you to be inspired to take your own action to disrupt online and offline disinformation from now through the midterms. Um, we disrupt disinformation by writing and sharing strategic messages. Um, both online and offline, and we do provide the templates for you. But what we want to do is inspire you to take that action. So they provide the templates, but they just want to inspire your action, and they want you to disrupt. I'm sure you're seeing the problem here. There's no focus on we want to help you understand the truth or ask the correct questions, the right questions about anything, that any information that comes. It's all about we need to stop what we tell you is disinformation. We're going to give you the templates so you don't even have to think about it because we know you have busy lives. So we're going to make it very easy for you to feel like you are doing your civic duty and fighting against what we see here shortly is MAGA Trumpism. And th this, in my opinion, explains a lot of what we see in this country. The activists that are going crazy on the streets and stuff, most of them are people who are bought into this stuff. They haven't really thought about what they're doing. Right. This, th these are not people um, who have any firm sense of self. That's what I've right, always exactly. gathered from Great point. people yeah. who, who act like this or join these types of things. They, uh, I've deduced an incredible amount of um 
identity crisis throughout our generation, uh, especially. Um, and I think it's, I don't know if it's going to be with the, the Gen Z or not, but there are people who don't know who they are, have no firm grasp of what it's, it means to be a human or a man or a woman or whatever. And on top of that, they, the, I think, I do think that there is something missing and, uh, a large amount of divorce during our childhood was yeah. part of that. And so these people are being, are looking to be told what to do and because they know if they do what they're told and they do the things, they, they fill out the list. They are good. They're rewarded. Well, well yeah. it's not just that they have a system of incentives. That's the way the indivisible works is those who do the exercise or the assignment, right? There's a, I'm sure you've seen, what was that? TikTok trend. Uh, we, we did the assignment or something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, yeah, it's I, like uh, that. He, so, uh, he understood the assignment. Yeah, Something yeah. Like and so they do the thing right, and then what Indivisible does, the national Indivisible group will recognize what the local Indivisible person or group did, and they will get, quote, Twitter fame due to being recognized by the national Indivisible group. It's absolutely the system of, of, of carrots and sticks, and you're dead on, you're correct. This... What I'm hearing here in this training, it just totally mirrors the activist and the disruption techniques in the book that I talk about a lot, the Bolshevik weapon, or the organizational weapon, which is about the Bolshevik communist organizational stuff, how, how they wrote people in. And what they talk about in that book is what you just identified there. It's they go after people that seem to have a void in their life when it comes to a leader, a North Star. And right. they become that North Star. And well, that is and, what these – yeah. And not only that, it's like, look, look at um, COVID, look at uh, the, um, I apologize if you hear children. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Cam has like 35 children. Uh, so far. Um, but no, it, look at COVID, look at Ukraine, and look at all of these things and how they've, they've put, there, there are some people who just need to feel the moral, moral high ground and to feel better than others occasionally. And that's that's what these big events are for. You know, you can you can stand with Ukraine and, you know, you're a good person because of that. It's like those people who say, hey, I'm a good person. I pay my taxes. And I'm just like, what does that have to do with being a good person? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they they give these people, they gamify life and they say, if you do these things, you are a good person. And so by the end of the day, they find their worth. They find their um, what's the word? Um identity they find a, a way to be something because in fact they know that they're nothing well they're part of something bigger they're they're part of something bigger they are they buy into the idea that they're fighting against a an authoritarian who is just going to destroy this country if they don't fight back and they feel they inject a sense of purpose in those who might have been you know, kind of maybe running circles in their lives. And everybody, I think, goes through right. a, a period of time in their lives where, where they feel like they're running circles and they're trying to, to discover a purpose. These groups, these activist groups specifically, and this is also what, they, what Lenin talked about, Vladimir Lenin, when it comes to organizing people, is you become that purpose. You give them that purpose. And, and that's, I've seen that in people that I know too, good people that have just been bought into this. It became what their life was about, this activist life, yeah. activist nation well, that we live in. It, 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 people get sucked in to this sort of thing across the aisle, across different mm-hmm, political ideologies. I got sucked into one of those at one point, and I'm glad I'm not in it anymore. Um, yeah. But 
it's like, like I said, they're, they're, some people are good with being able to uh, stand with Ukraine occasionally, be the person who's wearing the mask and being the good person. And then there are these people that you see here who you can tell by their voices are not strong people. Like my wife's voice is stronger than those people. And she's a very right. feminine woman, you know, <laughs> like what, what is this? Um, but yeah, these are the people who need to be handheld. These are the people who right. do not have what it takes to strike out on their own. I mean, yeah, I'm just that's a great, I'm, yeah, it's a great way. To I'm just it. so unimpressed. <laughs> yeah. That's a great way to put it. I have to ask you, maybe it's a subject for another show, but what is it that you got sucked into if you're comfortable talking about it? Oh, well, we can, we can talk about that offline. I'll, okay. I'll tell right. you. Well, maybe we'll save that for another show. Another time. I too have been sucked into stuff before, so I, I totally get it. So that's why I do have, I have empathy for some of the people in this group because I, I feel like they are targets of a, a psychological warfare operation. I don't see them as an enemy or anything. I, I see them as vulnerable subjects of a very expansive and very well-tested for hundreds of years, really, psychological warfare operation. And here is them talking about basically telling them who they're supposed to vote for not just across the country. Now, these are people who are not in your state or my state, but this is a they're telling people. So they're trying to affect elections in every state here with what we're about to hear. So this is the slate of candidates that we're going to be supporting through Give No Ground for the next eight weeks. We're pulling out all the stops. We're putting in all the energy and effort to get these folks elected because we believe that they will be key to accomplishing those goals that I just listed, holding the House, expanding the Senate, growing our movement. So we have Mark Kelly in Arizona running for the Senate. We've got Katie Porter in California's 47th district, Mike Levin in California's 49th district, Raphael Warnock in Georgia running for the Senate, Lauren Underwood in Illinois 14, Andy Kim in New Jersey 3, Jamie McLeod Skinner in Oregon 5. That's a really cool race. If you don't know anything about it, definitely worth checking it out. Um, Matt Cartwright in Pennsylvania 8, John Fetterman, who's excuse me, running for Senate uh, out of Pennsylvania and Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin also running for the Senate. Was this so, in 2020? This was like yesterday. Why are they talking about Warnock? I thought he won already. Well, Warnock is still, he's up for election again. I think, did he, I don't know if he won a special election, but he's going against, that's one of the most focused on campaigns, especially in Georgia nationally, because he's going up against Herschel Walker, who is right. a black former running back for UGA, one of, one of the greatest, and he's a Trump guy. And so I said before that race began a, a while ago, I was like, you want to see racism, watch the way the media treats Herschel Walker because he's running as a Republican against Warnock, who ran over his wife's foot when he was angry at her with his car one time. But he's a great guy. But Herschel Walker's also got some issues. I, the Herschel Walker thing in Georgia, for those who are in Georgia, it's weird to me because, you know, it's, it's rare you might find me rooting for a UGA football player, but in this case, I am. But Herschel Walker's not the greatest candidate. <laughs> he's just not. And, and he's kind of easy to be mocked, and they mock him all the time. I, I kind of feel bad for him, honestly. He's about to debate Warnock soon. And I don't, I have not seen him do very well in, in live appearances. So I think it could be ugly for him. But yes, so it, it, my, the point in showing this clip was that they're trying to influence state elections around the country, and they don't live in our states. These people do not live in our states. There, there might be a couple who are in the chats who do, but these national organizers don't. This is, this is election meddling. It is. I, well, I mean, it's, and, and it's never about the states because, I mean, they may talk or, you know, uh, endorse someone on a local level or on a state level, but these are all national level 
representatives and senators. I mean, this is, they want to, they don't care about the individual states whatsoever, except in that Washington can control them. And that's exactly right. And they want to put those candidates in who are controllable by Washington. And, that, and that's, that's what Warnock and are these others are. And I'm going to skip a couple of the, these clips. I'm, maybe I'll save them for the, the part two of this. I'm going to get to this Dan Pfeiffer guy who's the Obama guy. Here's his introduction just to give you guys a little bit of background and to show you how giddy these activists are about having Dan Pfeiffer in their presence. I mean, they are super, super excited about him being there. Here he is. Welcome, Dan. I'm really honored to introduce you, though I don't really think you need much of an introduction, but I'll do a little um, bit here anyway. Um, As you all probably know, he's one of the co-hosts of Pod Save America, and he holds the distinction of one of President Obama's longest-serving advisors, serving as the White House Director of Communications from 2009 to 13, and then as Senior Advisor to the president from 2013 to 2015. His three books, um, which I think you all know of, the most recent one, Battling the Big Lie, have become staples for me. They're both, all three of them sit on my coffee table and people come in and, what are these? I'm like, I actually have two copies of the first one because I have a revolving door of one of them being in and out of my house at any given time. So I'm going to turn it over to Dan uh, to spend about 10 minutes sharing with us what he sees as regarding uh, election rele- election related disinformation, and then inspire us with his views on the great value of the grassroots, meaning us and our megaphone, to effectively battle the big lie. Okay, so that I'm going to take the rest of that out, but that that is, that's that's what this is like. They they try and give the illusion of a grassroots effort when what we just heard was that they deliver scripts from the top and they yep. just give them to all these activists who have bought in. This is not a grassroots effort. This is a top down messaging campaign made to appear like a grassroots effort, and that is what he is here to try and create the illusion of. I think you had a comment. You seemed I don't know if your audio wasn't working, but you seemed like you had something you wanted to say. Well, I did. I I said a word that's not acceptable. Um, I just muted. But when, when oh, I said, okay. I see. Um, I was I was being being kind. Um, so wait, uh, what, what was the name of his book again? I'm trying to find it. Something um, about the big lie, fighting yeah, the, the big lie, battling the big lie. How Fox, Facebook, and the MAGA media are destroying America. Yep. A little thing, little 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 thing that's interesting about that is they say that these people are destroying America. And when they say destroying America, what they mean is they aren't getting their way. Yes. Like yes. this is this, because it's not like we have these massive uh, progressive, you know, deeply rooted things going on in America right now that we have to save. They're, they're not getting everything that they want. And this is pitching a fit. Yep. Like the, they're, they're, what are they? I'm sorry. And, and part of their message is that lie. Republicans aren't aren't getting what they want, so therefore they're conducting a big lie. Right. It's 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 just back and forth hypocrisy, people shouting at each other, which it's unfortunate because when there are actual real issues and real problems, they don't actually get looked at because right. it, it's so much you know hyperbole going on on both they're sides. They're fighting for a fictional America that has never existed. Right. It, you're totally right, dude, but they want to manifest that reality. Yeah, as Klaus Schwab talks about, he's like, we want to see the future. We want, we want to create the future. We want to see and, and we want to make us real. It's something, uh, you know, or another similar to that is kind of the message of the Great Reset. And these activists are right in line with that. This is what Klaus Schwab 
once. And here's the Obama guy talking about how Dems can fight in this information war. And, and he starts speaking very candidly about the fact that this is, in fact, an information war. You have what our comparative competitive advantage with the Republicans is, is we have a stronger, more vibrant grassroots. Okay, yeah, he's comparing the Democrats' program, something I mentioned a little bit earlier, versus Republican. So he talked about how Republicans built up this infrastructure of media with Fox News and Daily Wire and all of that, and that's how they spread propaganda, and they, how the Democrats have to fight it at the grassroots. That's the comparison he's making, which is it's really total BS. His voice is pretty soft, too. It, but this is the strongest voice you're going to get from, right. from this group here, yeah. And what is the important transition of what you all are doing when Divisible is doing with the Truth Brigade is we are taking our best, our smartest, our most dedicated volunteers. And we're not simply treating them as ATMs and telemarketers and door-to-door -door salespeople. We are helping, we are engaging them and giving them the responsibility of becoming messengers on behalf of our movement. They're making them feel important and they're giving them a purpose. This is the manipulation tactic. He's telling it to them, to the very people they've manipulated. He just, he's describing what they have done to them in this clip right here. You want to keep going or do you have a comment? I was just going to say, if I, I mean, have you, have you commented on the name Truth Brigade? Because I swear, I swear shows. if someone yeah. was like, hey, I really want you to join our activist group. <laughs> You're going to join the, uh, the, the Truth Brigade. I'd be like, what am I for? Yeah, I know. I'd be. I don't know if I want to be a part of anything like that. <laughs> yeah, even if what? you agree with it. Yeah. Is Barney the dinosaur going to be leading the meetings? Like, what is this? You're right. With, with it being very childlike, you're you're, you're dead on with that. And he continues <sighs> to push back on disinformation because I'm gonna take that back a little bit because this is important. He is telling them how he's manipulating them and telemarketers and door, and door to door salespeople. We are helping. We are engaging them and giving them the responsibility of becoming messengers on behalf of our movement to push back on disinformation because they may have Fox News and Rupert Murdoch and Mark Zuckerberg and Breitbart and Steve Bannon and all of that stuff. But we have you all. We have dedicated, super smart people, the people who delivered us elections 2018, 2020, and can do it again. And I, and I really believe that a grassroots, bottom-up, distributed messaging approach is the only way that Democrats are going to win the information wars. And so I'm incredibly excited that you can, people are here, that you are doing this Indivisible is taking this project on. I want more and more people in the party to do it. I would like to see more and more folks in the party at the, at the highest levels embrace this form of messaging by willing to push responsibility down the grassroots to empower people to give them the tools and the technology <laughs> and the time to do this right and so very excited you're doing this happy to answer any and all questions um that i can about this election about my views on disinformation what we can be doing or all of the above okay so they empower people to to do a lot of things but the thing they don't empower anybody to do is is think critically and have independent thought they empower people he said it during that clip he said you guys can be messenger messengers on behalf of our movement he, he didn't even include them he didn't say he was he, he was talking about like something separate there the way he said that he was talking about all those people our movement we will allow you to spread our messages that we tell you are okay to spread we will not allow you to think critically and ask questions, but you can deliver these talking points for us messengers on behalf of somebody else's movement. Is that an appealing thing to be? It's not, in my opinion. 
But there's a lot of people who don't even realize, I think, that they are messengers on behalf of someone else's movement who don't even include them as being a part of what they're trying to do. And I I wish more people who have been sucked into this could see that, that they don't give a rat's behind about them. All they care about is spreading their progressive agenda and their scripts. I mean, these are very specific scripts they send out through the power of the crowd. I'm like 80% sure that whoever runs the um, Occupy Democrats, like Twitter, Facebook page, whatever, makes up all of those quotes that they tweet out because they're all so poorly written. Like they, they, I mean, it's not that, I mean, it's, it's sentences. Like it's not like bad English necessarily, but it's like, this is the dumbest thing I've read. Like what? I'm not familiar with them. Oh, you don't know Occupy Democrats? I've seen Occupy, Occupy Democrats, but I'm not familiar with the messages you're talking about. Oh, it's just, been a while just since I've looked at, at them. Let me, let me see if I can find Occupy. I'm going to go on their Twitter real quick. Um, All right. You find uh, that. You want to find that on Twitter, and I'll play the next clip from Dan. Or do you, if you have it pulled up already, we can go to it now. Let's see. I am pretty quick. It is here now. You are fast. <laughs> right, uh, oh, man. They retweet Midas Touch. Oh, yeah. Midas Touch is terrible. <laughs> Midas Touch is awful. Um, so these organiza- organizations just change names too. So so they get branded as being just straight up disinformation and, and lying to people, and then they just change their name. They right. incorporate under a new name. Let's see. So uh, here's a here's a tweet, and it, it's the last line that gets me. I can show the I can show the screen if you want. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. But uh, so the the they're always begging begging for interaction and for other people to spread whatever the crap they're, uh, you know, tweeting about. Right. Um, right. so like, look at, here's a, an example from four hours ago. Cause they're all like this, uh, breaking Donald Trump whines that Melania felt very violated by the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago because it's a terrible thing. And they went through her closet and dresses and who knows what else, RT, if you think that she deserves it for marrying a lifelong criminal. <laughs> yes. So people can feel, so they can be like sitting at home going, oh, what what can I do? The country's being taken over by, by authoritarian semi-fascists. What, oh my gosh, retweet. I'm joining in the fight. I, it's, it, it gives them a sense of purpose simply by clicking retweet. That, that's the whole idea here. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's, but this is, this is what I mean by, I think that whoever's writing those tweets and stuff is this, is either this person or knows them because it's like, uh, MAGA Senator Ron Johnson humiliates himself with all time Freudian slips saying my ranking member would always be bringing up white supremacy, which I condone RT. If you think that uh, MAGA is racist, (laughs) that almost feels like a parody. I know it's not, but it feels like a parody account. These are not impressive people. They're not, and we've really reached a, a point on uh, on the planet where you, it's difficult to determine what is parody and what is people yep. being Close serious. Law. I think there was a whole thread about was it the Babylon Bee where they wrote some headlines, but not just them. They got all the credit for it. Okay, you know I, I appreciate the Babylon Bee, but there's a lot of people who predicted the ridiculous headlines that the right. w- would be spread when you know reality gets kind of uh, muddled with with parody. So here's him talking more about the information war. Um, So someone said their group, so probably their indivisible group, is having a discussion about whether they should keep activities and messaging broad to 
be anti-MAGA, highlighting how MAGA candidates use censorship and are anti-choice on allowing for any exceptions. And the other alternative is do, should they be focusing on local elections and supporting down-ballot candidates with positive messaging? What, you know, if they had those two choices, what would be the most important thing to be working on and the most effective? And the answer would be both. <laughs> That's what I, mean, I was going to say. Not, I mean, it's sort of, uh, it is, there's not, I don't think there's a right answer to which is more, like obviously down-ballot candidates are incredibly important. And that is a place of maximum impact because there, you know, so much attention will end up on these big Senate and governor's races or these key house races. And, you know, it's particularly, there's a lot of overlap in state in the big battleground states where if people turn out because they are, you know, they hate Blake Masters and are fired up by Mark Kelly, they'll probably also vote for Katie Hobbs and they'll vote in the Secretary of State race and they'll, and they'll probably vote straight to get down ballot. But what about the states that don't have these big federal races where it would be very helpful to get uh, turnout for local candidates? I will say one thing that is a very important thing that I think we don't think about enough in our party and Invisible, I know, has worked on this, is the idea of reverse coattails, right? Where if you have down ballot candidates running in the parts of the states that may not get as many campaign visits from because they have a lower percentage of Democrats or less or fewer campaign ads. But uh, there's there are there are well organized local campaigns, even in really tough races, that will pull out voters for the top of the ticket that would not otherwise happen there. So really, you know, it's two great tastes that taste great together. So uh, do do both, do do either, but definitely do one. Okay, I think that might have I might have my clips misnumbered here, but that one was nevertheless this this idea that he's speaking about the reverse coattailing and what attack MAGA Trumpism on a national level while also really digging in at the local level. And and, and that is where a lot of this focus is, is they want to co-opt the local elections. And that's why they have put people and that is what Indivisible has done. They have placed people in districts around the country to be their like communist like co-opters of those elections. This is why we see such a push to say, you should run for office, young person. Let me give me the youngest, dumbest person you can find. That person should run for, for office because they can control that person. If they control the funding, they get them in. And I feel like that is a little bit what he's referencing here. What did you think about that? Reverse coattails. Yeah, it's a weird name, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean it's it's like it would be fine if I thought that made any sense whatsoever. Like, what does that even right. mean? Like, I know, if, it's weird. If, if they get excited about the local government, then they're going to vote for the national people? Yeah. Is that what that's supposed to mean? I think so. I believe so, yes. I mean, so you, first so off, you get them on board with Democrats and then you broaden it out. Yeah, that, that's their, their whole thing is about it's just and, and he speaks to that here, actually, is here. I'll play the next one. I'm going to play three more of these and then save the others for uh, the, the maybe part two of this. But there's three more with the last one being the most uh, just craziest one to me. But here is here's Dan here talking about what you just spoke to is the trusted sources whose ear they need to get into. I clicked the wrong one there. Hold on. Hey, see, I clicked the thing just to play it. And I don't realize I'm not adding the file. All right, here we go. Is it clip 13? I believe it's clip, oh, clip 12. Okay, here it is. Let me lower the volume. and. Um, so someone said their group, so probably their indivisible group, is having a discussion about whether they should keep activities and mess messaging broad. Did, did I just play that one? Is that the wrong one? I think I just played that one. I'm taking that one out. I think I played that one. My apologies. 
It's still working. All right, here, here it is. Maybe I didn't play that one. Uh, what What do you have to say, Cam? I see you raising your hand up. I can't hear you. I, I was going to say, you know what I forgot? What? It's Black Tank Top Tuesday, and neither of us... I, I was actually looking for my black tank top, and I couldn't find it. I have a Mad Ones tank top, and I, I could not <laughs> find it before the show. All I'm saying is... Oh, sorry. Tank Tops Tuesday is important because it's also Share the Show Tuesday. I, I know. So we have to get those tank tops in line next time. You're exactly Gotta. right. For guide tactics is that we share counter disinformation messaging within our own groups and with our own uh, fellow truth brigaders instead of trying to just enlighten strangers, you know, that we see on social media. They're talking tactics about how to win people over to their calls. So I've heard you kind of encourage people to use similar tactics. So I'd be interested in whether you can explain the importance of using that type of strategy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a study done a few years ago that looked at the impact of sharing on information and what it found a very clear finding that who shares the information is much more important in terms of whether the recipient trusts it than what the information is. And so instead of just trying to bombard strangers, what we want to do is we want to view our net, every our network as a multiplier effect, right? So if we we give the information to other truth brigaders who can then have conversations with the people within their networks, right? You know, and by conversations, that could be one-on-one -on -one conversation, that could be a text conversation. Now, now he's talking about literal scripts. We heard them earlier say they're going to give you the literal things. And that is what they talked about. I, I don't know. They said it multiple times throughout this training, but... They don't give you any room to adjust the scripts, to adjust what you say. They tell you verbatim what to say. They just convince you it's the right thing to say. This is what he's talking about here when it comes to the messaging that needs to be spread around. That could be posting uh, on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, or whatever else, that is then seen by people that they have a relationship, they know, but that information will mean more because it is coming from someone they trust. So it is sort of the, uh, it is relational organizing uh, as a messaging tactic. And so thinking about how we get our information in the hands of as many people as possible makes a lot of sense because every, each person you share with then puts that information potentially in front of, you know, a whole ex an exponential number of people who have a relationship with the subsequent recipients of the information. I think it's wild that um, for all intents and purposes, uh, from all the evidence, uh, the progressives, the, the, you know, bad people on the left, um, are very against the family and the family unit. Like they don't, they don't like that. They want to take kids away from their parents. They want to, uh, provide new parents, rainbow families for kids, whatever. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, they're, they're saying, Hey, you, you need to use family. You need to use healthy relationships in order to spread our, our exploit ideas. them before you destroy them. Right. It's yeah. The, <sighs> and that's the tactic. We've heard those tactics talked about a lot, but hearing it from one of Obama's top advisors for, I think six years saying that saying this is the, the effort that he would like to see ongoing training. Lots of people who were involved in this training that there were, like I said, thousands of people watching the actual video that they made public. I'm not sure why they left it public because they're clearly speaking in this training as though it's not going to be made public, which I love that. But uh, they must have seen something in there that they want to put out there. There has been this revelation of the method where they're telling people, yes, we're going to lie to people. Yes, we're going to propagandize them. But 
it's okay because we have the moral high ground because of the future that could be if we don't. And I, I feel like maybe this is another part of that. And he goes on to say, I'm going to skip the next clip. He talks more about the info war. I'll save some of those for the next time we do this. But he, he calls every interaction in, in a clip that I have an organizing opportunity. He's a community organizer, just like Obama, just like Solinsky. And he teaches them in one of these clips that every interaction, a friend, family, whatever, you need to view that as an opportunity to organize, to wrangle that, to wrangle that sheep in, to herd them into your way of thinking. Don't, but don't let them think. You just tell them what to think. And, and that, that is the ultimate. And you got to understand, these people, like I said, they see this guy as a Messiah-like person. So the stuff that he says, the stuff that he tells them, they are not going to quite, they, they wouldn't dare question it. He is their Elvis. He is their hero. I'm going to give you one last one, and I'm sure you guys will spot it, but I, I, I'm not going to tell you. Let me know what you think, the, to me anyway, the most alarming thing and this clip is about the way that he is speaking about people. And this is the final one we will see from Dan from uh, this episode anyway. There is more that we'll save for later. But here he is, clip 14. Here we go. Turn that down a little bit. In which I think we can be very effective in combating the people who are receiving Fox information, not as a choice, but through osmosis. He's talking about how to fight Fox News and the right wing stuff again is right. by compete, competing back with trusted sources, right? Are there people that, you know, sources, individuals, conservatives, Republicans um, who have, you know, counter and counter disinformation that you can put that they would trust more than Jim, well, you know, I'll, I'll, the people co-host of Positive America, Jim Acosta or something like that, looking for, um, you know, you know, trusted voices, you know, and they may not be trusted by us, but they may be trusted by our targets. And that, that can be conservative our voices for conservatives. Targets. Young You saw So you heard it then. That's exactly what I, I noticed is he refers to people as targets. Like, like very unemotionally. They are targets. Yes, exactly. Let's hear wow. that again. This is Obama's top advisor for years. Voices, you know, and they may not be trusted by us, but they may be trusted by our targets. And that, that can be conservative voices for conservatives, young people for young people, people with rural credentials, people in rural America, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Rural credentials. So this is what they're doing. This is what they do when they try and place these operatives in every district in the country is they have in their mind our, our targets, not human beings, our targets of manipulation that we can rope in and then give verbatim scripts to and have them repeat and spread on social media. And then when they do a good job of following our orders, we will reward them by having our national Twitter account retweet and praise them so that they get all those, whatever the brain chemical is released in their minds and they continue to do it. Get that dopamine rush from, yes, from the word I was listing someone else's nonsense. Totally. So this is what is going on when it comes to the radical stuff that we see in the media. And even though the media tries to be non-radical, or they, they pretend to be for the most part, this is kind of the, the messaging or the campaign that they are aligned with. At least they appear to be, in my opinion. Now, CNN tries to pretend they're not anymore. In fact, at the beginning of this training, this woman even, she said, CNN won't even push back against Fox's lies anymore. I, I, actually, the CNN is delivering their messages 
in a very softer way and, and honestly a more effective way because it's more indirect now. So the CNN kind of trying to be more trustworthy seems to be working. And these are radicals. Yet this is the mainstream message that, that I'm hearing anyway from, from the progressive side. It's, just, it's not the progressive side. It's Democrats. But these are the progressives taking over the Democrats. What do you think about that guy, Cam? I don't, I mean, just blithely and um, just easily calling people targets. And, and he just doesn't even care. He, and if you watching this whole thing too, he, he's very, he, he is, he acts like he's patient with these people, but he is not. He doesn't seem to want to be there and he seems to kind of view them as being beneath him. That's kind of what it looks like in my opinion. So, so we don't go out and kind of, uh, uh, you know, a note of look at these communists trying to take over the country. I have something a little bit lighter that involves a revelation. This is going to be the last part of the show today. A revelation from Jimmy Kimmel that most people who identify as Democrats don't typically reveal or earn admission, if you will. And that that is going to be what we're going to what we're going to play before we go to the DMB XR and the DMB XR. We're not going to continue with these clips. I'm going to save this for a part two. Cause I think it's important that everybody hear this stuff. Cause it really is. It's eye opening to hear their tactics from some of their main tacticians, the, the, the mouths of them themselves. So we're going to save that. And what we're going to talk about in the XR is we're going to talk about an interview that Dr. Fauci did. Dr. Fauci, I had a bowl of cigarettes, cereal, cigarettes for breakfast, and I did an interview with the Center for Strategic and International Strategies. And in that interview, he reveals what the future holds in in regards to COVID. And to me, it was eye-opening how how people go on these think tanks and they just say things that they don't say on regular news interviews. And I'm going to play you some of the stuff that Fauci said, and then we're going to talk about it. And then we'll also talk about, because I want to get your opinion on the new SNL casting that I did reference yesterday, or this morning, I think is when the show came out. All right. So here is this final clip that we're going to hear. This is Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel is, used to be on The Man Show, a show that had women with large breasts jumping on a trampoline, and a, a guy who, while on The Man Show, painted his full body not just black face, he did black body mocking the Utah Carl Jazz. Carl Malone. Right, but he is a, he, he's a, a, a progressive who is anti-racist, even though he wears blackface. Here's Kimmel making a rare admission that you will ever hear from the Democrat side of the aisle. Let me make sure the volume is okay. minutes of new material, which included a shout-out to one of his biggest, and I mean that literally, Fans. Gino DeFabio. Gino DeFabio. Gino, look at him. Look how skinny he is. He lost 150 pounds. What's going on? How do you do it, Gino? How do you do it? We'll have to tell Oz about you. He'll give me a little, <laughs> he'll give me a hint. Well, you never look better. You're a handsome man. I wouldn't say he's exactly small, but that's a lot of weight. <laughs> is that a compliment? You know, so I noticed right away here. After that video, that Kimmel was genuinely laughing. Yeah. So he was laughing at Trump because it was funny. Okay. And I was wondering, and then you'll hear the rest of the clip. You look too good, Gino, but you never look better. Trump seems to be unaware of his own girth, right? 
Over the weekend, he posted this photo. I swear to God, this is real. He posted what seems to be a shot of the former governor of New Jersey, and he wrote, Chris Christie at a Roy Rogers at 11 p.m. in the evening trying to console himself. <laughs> he's a terrible person, but sometimes he's funny. You have to admit. You don't ever hear that admission. You don't. I can't, get, I can't get my brother to admit it. It's, it's he, he, like... He, he, he might not like him, but he is funny. And I can appreciate Kimmel is toxic, in my opinion. Kimmel is even worse than Colbert in a lot of ways. Colbert is just so blatantly just he has people dressing up as vaccines and, and, and you know, dancing around with a needle in their head. But Kimmel is just very toxic and, and he comes off as angry sometimes, which is confusing, I think, to a lot of people because he used to be with uh, Adam Carolla on The Man Show, which they've gone yeah. different ways. I don't know if there's a sign up there, but I, when I saw him laughing at that first one, he couldn't help himself as a comedian to admit, okay, it's funny because it was funny. It's childish. Yes. But it was also relatively funny because nobody likes Chris Christie either. We should remember that. Not, not, not a great guy. Not one of the best. Oh, he's not. He's <laughs> oof. Cam, do you want to tell everybody when your show is tomorrow and on Thursday before we get out of here and go into the XR? It's actually tonight. It's tonight, yes. 8.30 p.m., so I have to scarf down some food and then get right back in here. Uh, so we have a show tonight where I'm talking to a guy named uh, Ben Taylor from Raw Motivations. He's a literal narcissist. Uh, he's self-aware, and he's trying to be better. And so one of the things that he's doing is he's not just leaving that to him or he's not keeping that to himself. He's helping other people who are narcissists get away from that manipulation and that, that abuse that they put on other people. And uh, he also helps people uh, who have been abused as well. Very cool. Um, my guest co-host tonight is going to be uh, PJ Williams from uh, the wartime propaganda podcast, the last Pubcast, and conspiracy pilled. He just has all the shows at this point. Um, <clears throat> and then Thursday, I'm also very excited because I didn't expect this morning to wake up being retweeted by two different members of the Westboro Baptist church. That was a kind of a bizarre thing. Didn't expect yeah. to see that. Um, but, uh, Thursday I'm talking to Dr. Hillel gray, who is a, um, he's a professor of comparative religion at Miami university. And he has been doing a multi-year study and uh, investigation research on fringe radical religious groups. And so he spent time directly with the Westboro Baptist Church and with others, and I'm just going to pick his brain about what that's like. And so that'll be our at our normal time Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Very interesting stuff. Check that out. And where exactly can they find that? You can go to youtube.com slash the mad ones. That's the best place. Milburn. That's the best place. If you want interaction while the show is ongoing. <laughs> right, FYI. Fantastic. Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if you guys want to get access to the DMB XR that we are about to go into, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there or prop report or prop dot and subscribe there to get access to that exclusive content. What I also do for subscribers as I take out all of the ads that you might be hearing, those who are just listening, and uh, you get ad-free for our subscribers. All right, let's go into the DMBXR. Thank you guys for listening, and you guys can find the Propaganda Report podcast on wherever you find your podcast, wherever you do your podcast listening, and we will talk to you guys next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.